I'd like to invite up our first speaker, Kathy. Good morning. I'm Kathy Osuch. I've been a member of All Souls since 1986, and I've been an environmentalist and outdoor enthusiast for much longer. But this is also my spiritual path. As an atheist, it behooves me to take care of this planet and all on it, as there isn't a planet B or an afterlife to look forward to to be better than this life. So in taking care of the planet, it makes this a better life for me now and for those who come after. And, you know, if there is a creator, I believe that it would be most important to that creator for me to take care of that creator's work and not mess it up. We're not ants on a beach ball of a planet. Alan Watts pictured us as leaves of a big tree, separate and individual, but which die when separated from that tree, as there's nowhere a human can go off this planet and survive. You and I are part of the earth, not just living on it. Our seventh principle, the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part, is a biggie for me. There is nothing that we are not part of and that is not part of us. What we know of the Big Bang tells us that we are all made of stardust, the same as all the universe. And what we know of pollution and poisons tells us that the earth, what the earth produces for us to eat, breathe, and drink um, needs to be clean so we don't take in pesticides and poisons with our food and air and water. Last Sunday, the message was, although we can't do everything, to do the part that we can do. We may not be able to prevent problems everywhere, but we can try to do so in our own spaces that we are responsible for, in our homes and here at church, because it's important. Here are two things you can do that will make a major impact on the home that we share with all living things. One, go organic, and especially do not use Roundup or commercial pesticides. Roundup kills the plant and much more life that is needed for the ecosystem. The same with pesticides. That bee that pollinates your flowers and your tomatoes is going to die the same as the bug you're trying to kill. Learn and use organic methods, which have been in use for millennium before the chemical industry decided to improve growing with stuff like DDT. And the second is grow native plants, stuff that's indigenous to this area. It's not just green stuff. It's food and homes for the other beings we live beside. Chinese azaleas won't help our native cardinals. Our church needs to be more concerned about this, especially with all the construction slash destruction of habitat going on around us. The original concept of All Souls was a church in the woods, and I would like for us to focus on going back to that. We have some wonderful grounds to enjoy. And animals and plants are not just cute furry beasts or food for us, but essential pieces of the ecosystem with the right to live also. Don't mess with Mother Nature. As far as your homes, grass doesn't feed anybody. It serves little purpose in most yards. It's not used to run around on or play croquet. It just sits there. 
causing lots of maintenance time and money, and is a relic from two cultural traditions, aristocracy showing off that they had land to spare and money to burn by maintaining a formal landscape, and the pioneers who came to this country to show off how they had tamed the forests and plains. And like I said, I can't tame Mother Nature. I think we've learned that. The Army Corps of Ord engineers and many other people have learned that. At home, you can plant natives in a formal pattern if you want, maintain a small piece of grass in your front yard. If your neighbors would complain, put planting beds, or have an English cottage garden. You see some around Shreveport. Maybe you don't want to encourage some animals to your yard, so look to plantings for bird or butterfly-friendly yards. If you plant natives, you will save yourself time and money, as they don't need the extra watering to live during our hot summers. They're less disease-prone. And then you can spend more time laying around in your hammock or volunteering at All Souls. And the last thing I'd like to say is I'm a Louisiana certified master gardener. The garden tour is coming up in a couple weeks. I've got tickets. Thank you. Now I would like to invite up our next speaker, Cindy. So I'm Cindy Vanderino, and I'm a relative newcomer. And um, the first thing I just want to say, which I didn't plan to say, is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> um, I'm just going to kind of read, because I'm nervous. Um, since I was a child, like so many others, um, the natural world has been an inspiring and nurturing influence in my life. My childhood, like many others, was not always easy. Um, for 10 years, I attended a Catholic elementary school in an affluent area of Toronto, Ontario. The school was a place that was neither safe nor kind to me. Um, my experience there definitely eroded my self-esteem. Um, but what was fortunate was that at the same time, I lived in a city where there was a tremendous amount of green space. Um, and I'm not just talking about city parks and things like that. There were ravines and wild forested areas um, that were perfect for hiking and exploration. Um, and in those spaces, I felt safe and that I belonged. I love to watch the seasonal changes, the colorful leaf drop in autumn, the migration of birds, the budding bulbs poking through the slush and snow. Remember, this is Canada where I grew up. Um, and the budding of the trees after so many months of them looking bleak and dead, but they weren't. Um, 
So my friends and I explored nature during all four of the seasons, and it was our playground and our classroom, and countless lessons were learned there. I think um, it's difficult if you're brought up with a particular faith or religious tradition to separate the natural world from spirituality. I personally can't imagine a human who's not inspired or awed by its beauty and power. Um, flowers, trees, insects, animals, and fungus all have roles to play and do so without malice, judgment, jealousy, confusion, or greed within their system. It works like a charm, and for me it's a model for living in our magnificently flawed human world. Questions that I've asked myself when dealing with difficult situations are, what is my role here? Is there a better role I can play? And do my inherent qualities, uh, skills, and challenges make me well-suited or poorly suited to a particular role? Over time, the questions helped me to realize um, that I would be led to an adult life that would include a nurturing role of helping others and a need to pursue creativity because these are critical qualities inside the animal that is Cindy. What I didn't realize for a long time was that I could find a career path um, that would combine these things with my muse, Mother Nature. While I studied psychology and visual arts in my undergrad years, there were many that uh, suggested that I pursue a career in art therapy. Um, and somehow that just didn't seem to be a good fit for me. And then uh, 20 years ago, I found my quintessential career sweet spot when I took my first job as a horticultural therapist. I didn't realize it had been 20 years until I started writing about this. So I'm just gonna read you a quick definition of what a horticultural therapist is. It's one definition, but it's a good one. Um, written by Davis in a paper in 1994. <clears throat> horticultural therapy, can you hear me? Horticultural therapy is a process through which plants, gardening activities, and the innate closeness we all feel towards nature are used as vehicles in professionally conducted programs of therapy and rehabilitation. As a horticultural therapist, I've had the privilege of working with a variety of client populations, adults with adult, a developed vet adults with developmental and physical disabilities, children and youth, community gardeners, families living in food deserts, and individuals with mental health issues. I've had the opportunity to work at the community level confronting and combating social justice issues. The work suits me because it feeds my spirit, and I watch while it feeds the spirit of others. 
It also suits me because I'm compassionate about people, nature, and gardening, and because I love to get dirty. Um, Above and beyond all, it's also very effective. But that's another talk. (laughs) Um, And I guess I just wanted to say... um, It brings me great joy that we have the privilege, my family and I, of living on a decent spot of land where we grow a great deal. And I don't know if any of you have met my little daughter, Zoe. Um, She's got the bug. And yesterday (laughs) afternoon, we were in the garden, and she took off her gloves. She's three and a half. She took off her gloves and she said, Mama, I don't want to wear these gloves. And I was looking at her and she said, I want to get dirty. So that's a little bit. Ravina Windsor. I've been here off and on for a long time. Uh, and I do love this place and the people I've met here. I was asked how nature inspires my spirituality. I've thought long and hard about that question. And I'm not sure I have an answer for y'all. Um, I can tell you how nature makes me feel. I'm never happier than when I can open all the windows in the house and let a gentle or strong wind come through. It feels right. Uh, I love the rain. Soft rain, hard rain. I I don't own an umbrella. I I walk in the rain. I love it. Um, When I love going barefoot. When I was a child, my mother could not keep shoes and socks on me. She tried hard, but she failed. But that is how nature makes me feel. That's not my spirituality. Part of the problem may be that I am a Celt. Um, I follow the Celtic gods. The Roman god, goddess of uh, the earth is Terra Matra. The Greeks have Gaia. We Celts don't have a Mother Earth goddess. We have goddesses and gods that are associated with many places on the earth, but they don't control things like the Roman and Greek pantheons do. We have a different approach to our deities. So maybe that's part of my problem. Another problem is cosmology. As you use, you believe in the interdependent web, and that's a good model, but it doesn't work for me. Um, the saints team are all interdependent upon each other. 
if all the players aren't doing their jobs, the team loses. But players can be replaced. Yes, they're interdependent, but they are replaceable. And for me, that's not quite the fit. For me, nature is much more symbiotic than that. It's like the human body. You have cells and fingernail cells. You have blood cells. You have brain cells. They're all cells. They're all interdependent on each other, but they can't replace each other. They all have to do their function, and they all have to survive, or the whole body does not survive. And that is the way I see nature. The whole earth, everything on it is a cell, where it is human beings or animals or plants, rocks even. I mean, they start out as lava and hot and changed. They all have a life. They all have a form. We're all part of the same thing. I can't say how nature inspires my spirituality because that would be like saying how I inspire my own spirituality because nature is part of me. I am part of nature and so are you. <laughs>